How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Oh, hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today, we're going to be talking about how to handle more stress. Five things to actually help you fix stress. So we're going to dig into how stress actually affects your health. Uh, And you might be surprised by this one. We're going to talk about the difference between fear and courage. And then we're going to finally dig into uh, the five tools that I use. I teach every single one of my clients to use to handle stress better. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to sidlickbook.com and grab your pre-sale copy of the Shit You Don't Learn in College book open now. It'll be an absolute game changer. Everybody who buys the book during the pre-sale launch is going to get over $3,000 in bonus trainings and programs, including one of our trainings, which is our Get Shit Done training. It's a training that uh, corporations pay me $2,000 to teach, uh, and it's actually going to go a lot more in depth into this topic here about handling stress. So go on, go on over to Sidlik Book. S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com. That stands for shit you don't learn in college in case you didn't get it and check it out now. Now let's get on with the show. All right. So a little bit of context uh, to dig into here around stress. Um, You know, for decades, it's actually actually something that's been labeled uh, as one of the leading causes of heart disease, high cholesterol, bad health. And the reality is it is kind of. Right? We all run from stress, we're all afraid of stress, but I want to open up your eyes to what stress actually is and what's what's really going on because the reality is not all stress is bad stress. Uh, there's uh, In the uh, science world, there's something called eustress and distress. Distress being bad stress, stress that causes you to freeze, stress that causes you to freak out, stress that causes your arteries to clog, and, and uh, so that's distress, sorry. Uh, and then eustress is actually positive stress. It's stress that motivates you into action. It's stress that moves you forward, right? Now, Kelly McGonigal is a professor professor from Stanford University, and she spent uh, the better half of the last couple of decades studying stress and telling everybody that stress was killing them. And in her recent TED Talk, she actually came out and said, you know what? I was wrong. And what she revealed was there was a study in the U.S. that tracked 30,000 adults in the U.S. for eight years. And what they what they saw is they asked everybody uh, who experienced low levels of stress and who who experienced high levels of stress, and then they also asked, "Is stress a bad thing? Do you believe that stress is harmful for you?" Now, here's what they and then they and then they actually looked at public records over the course of the eight years, and they found out who died. Right. So so they used this data and they went back and they saw people who experienced higher levels of stress had a forty three percent increased risk of dying. But here's the kicker. That was only if they believed stress was harmful, that they believed stress was bad for them. Now, the group that did not believe that stress was harmful, 
they found that they were actually less likely to die than the low stress group. So even though they experienced higher levels of stress, they were actually less likely to die than the control, showing that people actually aren't dying from stress. People aren't unhealthy from stress. They're actually unhealthy from the belief that stress is bad, the belief that stress is harmful. Now, this means that last year, over 180,000 Americans died from believing stress was bad for you, making it the 15th largest cause of death in the U.S. Pretty crazy. Now, Harvard did another study. What they found is when they viewed, uh, they took a group, uh, they took a control group, and they told everybody uh, to start realizing that stress was helpful for them, just like we're talking about and changed how they felt about stress. And what they found in the beginning of that study, right, they found that obviously when you experience stress, your your heart rate elevates, uh, you, know, you get sweaty, all of those things. You think about, you know, what happens if you're not a public speaker and you go on stage, you have a bunch of bright lights in your eyes and, you know, you're forced to talk in front of a public audience, right? Um, and what they found was originally that group, their heart rate would rise, their blood vessels would dilate, they would secrete, you know, that smelly sweat that's different than the normal sweat, all the normal stress responses, right? Uh, but what they found, what they found was when they started to believe over the course of time, when they started to believe that stress was actually not bad for them, right? It was actually good for them. It was beneficial for them. Sure, their heart still kept pounding, but the blood vessels didn't dilate. And what the physiologist noticed was that's the difference, how your body responds. That's the difference between fear and courage, fear and love, right? When you're, when you're in love, when you're feeling excitement, your heart starts pounding, but your blood vessels don't dilate. They stay open wide. And there's also a release of oxytocin. Oxyto oxytocin is known as the love hormone. It creates connection. It creates a supporting feel, supportive feeling, and it actually protects the cardiovascular system. Now, they, did, they noticed all of this simply when you started to shift your perception of how stress affected you, right? So, reason that I bring this up is because the first thing that I want everybody to understand is stress is actually not the enemy. How you perceive stress is the enemy. Now, that still also means that having a heightened, uh, a heightened capacity of stress can cause you to feel overwhelmed and not make rational decisions. So we still need to work on that side of it. But the first thing that I want everybody to understand is not to run from stress. We should not spend our entire lives sitting on the couch, ordering DoorDash, buying things on Amazon, and watching Netflix all day because the lack of stress might actually be what's causing you to be depressed, causing you to die in early age, right? It's this belief that we need to fix. So when it comes to handling more stress, I always tell people, uh, I have what I, what I call the stress cup analogy. So basically, our body can handle a certain amount of stress at any point in time. And first of all, if we believe that stress is good for us, well, then we don't want that cup to be empty. We don't want this cup to be completely empty. We want that cup to be full, and we want to be able to handle more, right? So we can all handle a certain amount of stress, and stress from every area of your life comes into this same cup, right? So we always think, oh, I'm really stressed at work, uh, you know, but that's not affecting my home life. But it is, right? In, in the real world, nothing is actually separate. Like uh, your personal life is not separate from your work life, is not separate from your, your romance or anything like that, your, your health care, right? All of this stuff goes into your same nervous system, your same physiology, right? Filling up this same cup. So I want you to think of you have this cup right now, right? Like a coffee mug. And in it goes all your stress from your relationship with your spouse, all your stress from uh, not sleeping properly, all your stress from unhealthy habits, all your stress from work or from your business, 
uh, all your stress from, uh, you know, I actually, I actually just uh, backed into a car yesterday. All the stress from the meaningless shit that happens during the day all goes into this same cup, right? Now, so realize, realize that, uh, you know, sometimes when you have a lot going on at work, the stress cup's really full, and then we come home and our husband or our wife says one thing and we take it out on them. We blow up on them because that one drop caused our stress cup to overflow. The reality is it wasn't them. It was that our capacity to handle the stress was not where it needed to be, right? If our cup was bigger or a little bit more empty, you know, they could have they could have said one thing or had this issue and you would have, you know, let it roll off your back. Would have been totally fine. But because your stress cup was full, it causes this whole thing to overflow, right? So... What I want to give you right now is I want to give you five strategies. I'm going to give you five strategies uh, to help you make this stress cup bigger, right? And help you empty the cup. So get stuff out of your stress cup. Uh, so the first two are very tactical. The second two are a little bit uh, different. But the reason that I bring this up is because there's actually two things that cause stress in our lives. Overall, there's two things that cause stress in our life. One is the lack of organization, Right? And that lack of organization causes our mind to be in shambles and we can't find anything, we can't do anything, and it freaks us out. Right, And the second thing is the physiological feeling of stress. Sometimes we can feel stressed out even though we don't actually have a lot going on. And I'm going to explain the difference here as we go through uh, these, these five tools. So the first tool... Uh, is a practical tool, is a tactical tool. It's something I call my get shit done list, right? And this is part of our get shit done training that we talk about. This is one of the simple things we use. Uh, but one of the most important things that you can do is get all the to-dos, all the loose ends, all the things, uh, all the tasks that you have to get done out of your head. So many of us keep all of our to-dos in our brain, right? Uh, there was a study that was done at Lehigh, uh, a Lehigh, it was called the Lehigh Study at Cornell. And what they found was that 95% of the thoughts that you think are the same thoughts that you thought yesterday. They're the same. They're the exact same. You're not thinking anything new. And 85% of them are worries and, and trying to run through things that you need to get done. Things that you're worried about happening and things that you need to get done. 85%. Well, what if you could take that 85% of the time that you're spending worrying about shit and thinking about things that you need to get done and get it out of your brain and onto a proper list. This is what the get shit done list is for. So the first time that I do this, I literally wrote down every single thing that I have in my life uh, that is an unfinished task to do. I broke it up in terms of uh, my personal life, my business, my home, my office, my relationships, and I broke down each of my separate relationships, my health and wellness, my my uh, my habits and goals, and I just started writing out, getting everything out of my head. This first time that I did this, it took me about an hour and a half. And then I came back to it the next day and I spent another hour getting everything out of my head. And by the time I was done, I got about 150 tasks out of my brain. Now, this was a little bit stressful, but after it was done, I felt lighter. I literally felt like I had lifted a weight off of my shoulders by getting it out of my head and onto, uh, it ended up being a Word document or a piece of paper. Now, as I got this piece of paper out, now instead of trying to run through my head, or, oh, what was I supposed to be doing? Oh, how was, I, how was I supposed to do this? Or what did I need to get done today? Now I have this big list and every day I could just go look at it and I run through this list. It takes me about five minutes and I go, okay, what are the five things that I can actually get done today? And I pick the five most important things and I just go get them done. 
And slowly but surely, that list started to get smaller and smaller. About six months in, that list got down to about 30. Now the list that I have, my get shit done list, is at all times somewhere between 20 to 40, depending on what I have going on in my life and what I'm making a priority, what I'm saying yes to and what I'm saying no to. It's a lot more manageable. And every day I can look at that list and I can take my take my top five, three, or top, top three to five tasks, put them on a to-do list for the day, and just go get those things done. Right. So a get shit done list or a task list, a master task list of getting everything out of your brain is one of the easiest ways to get uh, get some relief from the overwhelming anxiety. I promise you this will be uh, one of the best things that you can ever do. Now, the second thing is calendaring and time blocking. Now, for a lot of you guys, you might you might calendar, you might time block. And if you are, that's good. Now, if you're not calendaring and time blocking, I know a lot of people that are not doing this. Um, you know, I look at my calendar every week, every month I look at my calendar and I, I put in time blocks of when I'm going to get shit done. I know a lot of people that are like, oh, but I, I want to be flexible and I want to be free and I don't want to have that, that, uh, that constraint. Now, what I have learned being a business owner and being a creative is that structure actually creates freedom. Structure creates the foundation for creativity and freedom to launch from. Right. So many people are afraid of structure, but the reality is the more structure you have, the more free you will feel. I actually schedule in free time and I schedule in digital detox time when I'm not going to have my phone on me. I schedule in when I'm going to stop working. And because of that, I force myself to stop working while other people just kind of keep going and keep working because they're stressed out. This structure actually creates freedom for me. And I've found that when we've, you know, we've worked with over a thousand clients like this, you know, we've worked with musicians, we've worked with coaches, we've worked with some of the most creative people in the world. And what they found is the more structure that they put in place, the more free that they feel. So calendaring and time blocking can be one of the most powerful things that you do. If you need help digging into that, we go uh, a lot more in depth into this in my book, Shit You Don't Learn in College. So feel free to check that out at sidlicbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com. And that takes us to number three, meditation. All right, everybody knows they need to meditate. Everybody knows that meditation literally helps, you know, every physiological feature of your life. It'll help your hormones. It'll help you be more social. It'll help actually help you stay younger. It'll lower your stress. Uh, it, it helps with absolutely everything in your life. Yet so many of us are not doing it, right? Well, that's a choice, right? Meditation, learning how to meditate is not meant to be easy in the beginning. I know a lot of people that are like, oh, but I don't know how to do it. I'm getting it wrong. You actually can't meditate wrong, right? The art of meditation is about overcoming where you're at. So when you have trouble with it, you go, oh, why am I having trouble with it? And ask somebody, get a mentor, you know, go get the Calm app. When you notice yourself, when you're, when you're meditating and you know yourself drifting away and thinking through things, go, oh, I caught myself, bring myself back. And rather than being upset with yourself of not being able to meditate when you first start, give yourself a little bit of love and realize, hey, it's a practice, right? Uh, think about it. Like any Olympic athlete didn't become an Olympian the first day, right? It took work. It took patience. And the more that you do it every single day, day in, day out, right? You're going to get better. You're going to get stronger, just like building a muscle. So learning how to meditate is one of the most important things that you can do uh, to really help with your stress anxiety. I use uh, a couple of different forms of meditation. I use Vedic meditation, which is like an industrial strength stress release, uh, which is phenomenal. Very similar to transcendental meditation. You can look it up. Um, I also do Kriya uh, as well, and I do a lot of visualizations too. So that's number three is meditation. Number four is breath work. 
right? So if you're not familiar with uh, with Wim Hof breathwork or uh, I have a good buddy of mine at uh, Breathe Degrees, his name's Tyler Forbes and another good friend of mine, uh, Samantha Skelly, uh, she runs Pause Breathwork, which is an app you can check out. But breathwork, learning how to breathe, your breath can literally control your state. There's certain ways of breathing, depending on when you breathe in through your mouth or in through your nose and extended periods or fast periods, that you can actually put yourself in heightened situations of energy or you can calm the entire body down with the way that you breathe. There's also breath work that you can use to literally put yourself in a state like you just took a bunch of ayahuasca, right? So if you want to feel like you're blasting off into space, just by controlling your breath, you can actually do that. I can promise you that one's fun by experience. It it works. <laughs> um, but breathwork is a phenomenal way to learn how to control and manage your stress. If you're not looking, if you're not checking out breathwork as a way to do that, definitely check it out. Um, check out Breathe Degrees, check out Samantha Skelly and Pause. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal organizations that can help you with your breath work. Now, the last thing uh, that I love is cold therapy. Now, cold therapy teaches you how to regulate your stress response. Uh, you know, I started with cold showers. So basically, I just get into a get into a shower. I do my normal shower like normal. And then at the end of it, I would turn it to the coldest and just do a cold shower for about 30 seconds. Now, what this does is cold is one of the only things that every time you hit cold, cold water, it causes your body physiologically to respond the same way. Your, your neuroepinephrine jumps, your dopamine jumps, your body thinks that it's about to die, right? Every time. Now, I've been doing cold therapy for a couple of years now. You know, I graduated from, from, uh, from cold showers to cold plunges. So every morning I jump into a, a cold plunge that's about 39 degrees and I sit in there for three minutes every single morning, right? And what this does is it teaches your body that as that stress response happens, your goal is to keep your mind calm and breathe through it. So cold therapy only works in combination with breath work. You breathe through it, in through your nose, out through your mouth, or out through your nose, and it keeps you calm while your body is freaking out thinking that it's dying. And what this teaches your body is that stress is not a bad thing, that you can be calm under stress. This literally creates the same situation, physiological situation that we were talking about in the Harvard study, where people start to view stress as helpful rather than harmful. So cold therapy, whether you start with cold showers or you graduate to cold plunges like I do, this is one of the best ways to start to learn how to uh, how to taper your stress response uh, and be able to handle more stress. Now, all of these things, all five of these, are ways for you to help grow that stress cup or help to help you empty that stress cup. Obviously, meditation helps you empty the stress cup. The Get Shit Done list helps you empty the stress cup. Calendaring helps you empty the stress cup, uh, as well as breathwork and meditation allowing you to grow the stress cup as well so you can handle more stress at the same time. Now, if you start implementing these things and you switch the belief that stress is bad for you and start to realize that you know the body physiologically responds the same way to anxiety and excitement, think about that. We all want to be excited, but none of us want to be anxious or nervous. But the reality is your body does not know the difference. It is responding the same way. The only difference is what you tell yourself is going on. All right, that's all we have for today's show. So don't forget that with not, without action, knowledge yields nothing. So make sure you implement what you learn here with us. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten anything from this podcast, don't forget to go to sidlickbook.com and grab your pre-sale copy of the shit you don't learn in college book open now. That's S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com. Check it out now and I'll see you on the other side. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton. 